Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name's Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant and the founder at Boldside, where I do HR things. And <laughs> so technical, Shelley. Very technical. I'm Emily Bowen, and I'm the COO of Rare Kind, where we do recruitment and HR things. Yeah, you do all the things we in your do. role. And today on the show, we're joined by Gabby Watt. Hey, Gabs. Hey. Thanks so much for having me. What kind of things do you do, Gab? <laughs> <laughs> I am a naturopath now. But I used to be a radiation therapist, so I had a little career change. Or a big career change, I would say. Yeah, it, actually a massive career change. <laughs> totally. And today, the reason we got you on the show, Gabs, is to talk about, and I will say, Gabby's my sister-in-law, and so that's why I'm very informal with her. And she's had an amazing, huge career change story. And so I'd been pestering her for a while to say, can you come on the show and tell us about your big huge transition from radiation therapy to naturopathy. Is that how I say it? I always say it wrong. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, naturopathy. And I've already learned this morning that if we revert to RT, that we're talking about radiation therapy. I just wanted to point out as well that one of the things that we get contacted just endlessly on is career changes and people just going, do I, don't I, you know, what ducks do I need to have lined up before I make that leap or what if, what if, what if, what if. So it's so cool to be having this conversation with a real life case study. Totally. So we want to give our listeners, I guess, a bit of an insight into your story, Gabs, and work through how did you navigate the change? Because it is a really difficult situation to be in when you're in a career that you've invested years and years of your life into. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Let's do it. Let's kick off. When did you first realise you wanted to get out of radiation therapy? So I actually realised probably during my first year working in radiation therapy, which is probably really bad to say because I ended up staying in it for about 10 years. (laughs) Wow. Oh my goodness. And how long had you studied before that first year? Like really paint the picture for us here. Yeah. So I had studied for three years. It wasn't that long of a uni degree. And then I started working in radiation straight away and then realized, oh my goodness, I don't actually want to be here. Uh, did you want to know what radiation therapy is so I can give you some context? Because a lot of people think that radiation therapy is diagnostic, so x-rays, whereas this is uh, cancer treatment. So it was a very emotionally draining and taxing career and it was heavily physics-based, which really was quite funny because I wasn't that good at physics and I didn't do physics at school. And so I don't know why, but I just chose this career in something that I wasn't naturally good at. 
And then I realised that when I started working in it (laughs) and then wanted to change. And so, look, I just want to go a little bit micro for a second. What was the difference between studying this for three years and then working in it in your first year that had you go from, yep, I'm heading down this path, continue to finish my, my degree to actually this is not the career for me now that I'm, I'm practically working in it? Yeah, that's a good question because I thought I was learning all this, these, when you're at uni, you're learning all these disjointed subjects. So you're learning anatomy, which I loved. You're learning a different aspect of the career but you're not actually learning about the physical day-to-day aspects of the job. And so I think it's really important to actually, before you go into a career, go and work, even if it's just volunteering for, I would say, at least a week in the job, because otherwise you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a good point, Gabby, because we talk on the show, we've talked about this a lot, about this idea of a job preview, that if you want to make a career change, or you wanting to go back and study and you're potentially paying, you know, 50 grand of uni fees for something, do a job preview however you can. You know, a week, even a month of your time is way less expensive than spending 40 grand plus on a degree and then only to find out in your first year out of uni that you're like, oh no, (laughs) what have I done? (laughs) Rewind, rewind, rewind. Yeah. Can I get a refund, please? (laughs) So tell us about the signs because For people listening right now who are in the same boat who want to make a change, what are the signs for you that it wasn't the right career? So there was a few signs for me. I actually didn't enjoy going to work. So I I did it while I was there and I committed myself 100% to my work because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I like to do things quite well. Um, But I didn't enjoy it. And actually that was a red flag to me because even though I committed 100% of myself to it, it drained me. Whereas if I committed 100% of myself to my current role as a naturopath, it energizes me. So that was a really distinct difference that I will now know that it wasn't the right career move for me. And there were lots of other signs, you know, there was coming home crying sometimes, um, feeling so overwhelmed. Um, I used to get really bad Sunday blues and I would just um, get really depressed, not want to go to work. When it starts impacting on your emotional health, I think that's a really big sign that you're not happy in your career um, or, or just job for that matter. And Gab, did you see over the 10 years that you ended up sticking it out that this was progressive and that, for example, those more severe Sunday blues weren't the signs in that first year, albeit you had a sense that it wasn't right and that that came over time? Or did this all hit you pretty early on and then you somehow lived with it for the decade? Yeah, that's a good question. It actually was progressive. So there were times in my career that I you know, it wasn't that bad. I didn't have that bad Sunday blues. I didn't have it for the whole 10 years. <laughs> but it was a progressive thing over time. And I think there was two points throughout the 10 years where I actually had really bad burnout. And it just progressively got to that spot. And then I would get myself out and then I'd go back in. So it wasn't all at once. It definitely was up and down. 
Um, but actually going back to your point about what were the signs that I wasn't happy in the career, there was one really big sign is that I didn't feel passionate enough to lead projects or develop myself in the career. And that was something that was really missing to me because I am a bit of a high achiever. I like to, um, you know, move fast and forward and kind of achieve things. And in this career, I just felt so stuck and I didn't feel passionate enough to want to move forward. That is so insightful. And I'm particularly, I guess, it's been really useful to hear what you've just described because there would be listeners out there who we all get the Sunday blues, we all have those ups and downs, and it doesn't always mean that that's not the career or the job for you. But what you're describing is just bringing, it's really painting the picture and it's bringing that real, um, I guess, shining a light on the difference, I think. Yeah, and also the dissonance between your strengths, which I know you really well. I know you're a massive high achiever and you're a total perfectionist <laughs> and very driven. But then when you look at that in the job and you're like, I'm not actually using my strengths. I'm not, I'm not energized and I'm not in my sweet spot. And I think when you start to see those things, now the key for me in your story, Gabs, is the sustained period of time. Because with our careers, I'm doing weird hand movements. Like an up-down motion. Like a, sn- yeah. <laughs> like a roller coaster. Like ebbs and flows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you know because I'm just like being weird. So <sighs> there's these times where you're super engaged and there's other times where, you know, you're a bit like, oh, yeah, it's, it's just a job. But if you've got a sustained period of time, now that might be 12 months because to me 12 months is a long time when yeah. you're unhappy in your career. If it's 10 years, well, wow, that's a very long time. Let, let me ask you about that in particular. What stopped you from making the change sooner? Yeah, great question. And I often think, did I stay in this career too long? But I don't actually think I did. I, I'm actually not a huge risk taker. <laughs> so... For me to be able to change careers took me a long time personally to be able to get to that spot where I was comfortable enough to let that go. And part of it for me, I think, was ego because I had studied for um, this university degree. I had this big hex debt (laughs) of that and I had worked so hard in that career as well and dedicated myself that I just thought, well, is this a waste to let it all go? So part of it for me holding on to that career was was that ego picture of knowing, okay, I, I'm fine to let go and that doesn't define me, my career as a person. So um, there was that and there was also the financial side of things. So I actually didn't want to let go of that financial income and just go to something that wasn't going to give me the same or I knew that I would would go back financially, but I didn't want to go back to say, you know, half of my wage. <laughs> so for me, I think it was, I was staying in that career until I found I was comfortable with a career move that I could make that would support me financially and not be the biggest risk in the world, like 
just quitting my job and not have anything to go to because um, it's funny because my husband actually went through two career changes at the time as well. And I think that also placed when you're the, I guess, for lack of a better term, when you're the breadwinner because somebody else, when your partner's making a career change, then you have less room to make a risk. So, yeah, that's why I stayed in in the career for so long, basically. What I feel like you're doing such a wonderful job of describing for us, Gab, is this movement between the emotional and the practical. And I feel like you're taking us all on this journey really nicely with you. Again, I'm, I'm probably um, erring into territory, not knowing you as well, that you can tell me to bugger off and if you don't want to answer it. But did you have moments where you were convincing yourself or you genuinely felt like actually, no, no, I do enjoy this. I can make it work. And, and you thought, oh, I'm going to stick it out. I, this is my career. Yeah, that's such a good point because yes, I did. There were points in time where I thought, okay, no, this is going fine. Like I have great friends. I'm able to, you know, not hate the work that I do. I, it's, it is very rewarding. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I can stick it out. So that's, I guess, why I continued on in the, in the role because I thought, no, this is fine. And I also thought, well, maybe in my career change, I could just do both. (laughs) So there definitely were were times where, yes, I thought, no, 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 this is fine. I can, I can stay. And so, you know, I'm busting to know, how did you get to that point that, yes, you were making a move? I guess for me, it was a compounding (laughs) series of events that I just was erring on the edge of burnout in the career again. And I got home one day and I just thought, you know what, I've got to get out. I can't do this anymore. I, it's impacting too much on my home life and my health. So I need to make a career change. And it was actually funnily enough that day that there was a job advertised on LinkedIn for a naturopath. And I just was like, I'm going to go for this. Um, they wanted somebody with five years experience and I had one year. And I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but when I finished my degree in naturopathy, I started my own business. So that had been going for one year. And then I thought I'm going to go for this job and I got it. So (laughs) I just, it was out of desperation really that I made that career change. Ah, okay. I've got about 50 bazillion questions under this, which is, you know, not abnormal. So, okay, let's go through because I feel like you just fast forwarded us through to, and I got the job and it was easy. And I'm sitting here going, hang on, what, where did this, you studied naturopathy in and amongst this 10 years? I didn't know that. Yeah. So can you guys like fill me in? Okay. So Gabs, (laughs) tell us, um, so you're working for, in that 10 year, like journey of working as an RT, when did you start your study? Like, how did you figure out? naturopathy was for you first. Let's go there. Yeah. So I decided I wanted to study, do some more study on the side, probably a year and a half into working as a radiation therapist. So I started studying nutritional medicine and then I was in all, I was in the classes with all the naturopath students and they you know, told me all about the wonderful world of a naturopath. So I switched over to studying that. And I did that 
part-time. So I worked full-time and I studied part-time. And that was, that included night classes and weekend intensives, because at the time it was pre-COVID, there wasn't actually a lot of online offerings anyway. So I had to kind of do that off my own back and I really dedicate myself to studying while working full time. Okay. So you're studying at night, you're working full time, you're, I'm sure, pretty drained. How did you go juggling study and full-time work? How, how was that for you? Yeah, it was really hard. <laughs> it was so, it was, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was really difficult. And there was a lot of times where I thought I should, I'm just going to quit because I can't, I can't keep on going. I can't do this. And then you'd get to the end of the trimester and submit all your assignments and go, okay, no, I'm fine. I've got two weeks off and you would recuperate, you would recover and go again. But there were definitely times where I thought, no, I'm just going to quit because I can't do this. So how long were you studying for? All up. I started studying in 2015 and I finished in 2021. Wow. My goodness. Yeah, this is a marathon. (laughs) Yeah, I I did have a year off in between though, just to go overseas and my husband and I honeymooned overseas for a year working and travelling. So that was really nice and that probably was why I could continue on studying after that. I forgot that you did that. I was like, when did you do that? (laughs) It was pre-COVID, so um, I've forgotten all of that. uh, That feels like a lifetime ago. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay. We now know you've you've studied for for five really five years. You've you've been working full time. Okay. And then you start your side hustle. Tell us about what that looks like when you went, okay, I'm going to start doing this thing on the side to make, I guess, to ease into naturopathy from RT. What did that look like for you, Gabs? Yeah. So at the time I, I should mention this, I actually was working full time, but 
in the last year of my study, I asked my boss if I could go three days a week, which actually was 0.75 because four days was full time. So I, so I asked him if I could drop a day and that was such a nerve wracking conversation because I didn't know. I thought he would just say, nope, we'll just get rid of you. But what I now know is that they actually hiring a person is just way too much more work for them. So he said, yes. And, um, I was so grateful for that. So anyway, I had two days to spare when I finished my degree and it was in the middle of lockdown when I'd finished and nobody was hiring. So I just thought, you know what, stuff it. I'm just going to start my own business (laughs) and I could start it online. It really was the perfect time because everybody was moving online and everybody was in lockdown. So it was, although it was a you know, tough time for society. It was actually a great time to start a business for me because I could take my time, do it in the online space. And I did that just two days a week. And I worked as a radiation therapist the other three days. The the picture you're painting for us, Gab, and I'm remembering that you're a risk adverse person and look, you're in good company there. Uh, it sounds like it has a nice mix between, I guess, this proactive or planned moves that you're making and then also reacting and responding to what you're you know what is possible in the in the with the workload that you have in the world as it was at the time would that be a fair statement yeah definitely i'm a very calculated person and even towards the end of my in the last year of my study i actually started a savings account for my business because I knew, you know what, if I get to the end of this and there's no jobs, I'm going to need some cash to start my own business. So I started that account as well. So I, it it is very true what you're saying. I take calculated risks, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And so often, particularly uh, over on the main podcast, My Millennial Money, they talk and and we talk about whether it's financially or otherwise setting yourself up so that you actually have choice. So, you know, there is this element of perhaps we shouldn't all be as risk adverse as some of us are. Maybe we need to be a little bit more willing to take the leap. But at the same time, it's so much easier. You'll have a much softer landing if you've been calculated as you've described and you've got that financial backing uh, alongside that patience and and that willingness to to jump as well. Yeah, definitely. And I saw my husband just quit his job <laughs> and I that I just couldn't do that because I need that financial security, I guess. So I wasn't ever going to take a risk where I just completely quit my job only because personally I just felt like I always needed a, a financial safety net. Yeah, it's a really good point. And for you listening right now, if you're in this zone right now where you feel like you you want to make a change, but you are afraid of taking those risks, there's so much to learn from Gabby's story because you can see it's over, it's over really six years. It's a six year journey. You did, you know, four, four years of study over five years. You then started your business while working three days. And I love Gab's in your journey, how you've dipped your toe in the water, you've tested is this right? Which is very different to what you did when you went to uni initially to study RT, where you went all in. What I love about the next change for you has been you've you've dipped your toe in um, naturopathy, where you were doing your pracs, you were doing lots of actual testing 
do I like this? Am I energized by this? Is this right for me? And that is so key when you're making a big career change because the stakes are high. The cost is significant, but the way you've done it, I think has lowered a lot of the risk. Yeah. It's interesting, Shell. When we first started this conversation and I came in as a blank slate, not having that same knowledge gap of your story as Shell did, and you referenced it being you know, 10 years in RT before you made the change, instantly my mind went, oh, so you did that one thing for 10 years on top of the uni degree and then you made this change over to um, being a naturopath and you've done that since. But what I've learned as we've talked is, yeah, it's it was a six-year transition, if not more perhaps. But um, that I think is a really key takeaway for a lot of the listeners in that, you know, these things don't happen overnight typically or be at some, you know, in some instances there'd be a story of that. Uh, but also when we say that you did something for 10 years, you weren't just sitting there doing that going, I hate my job. You were actually being really um, productive and proactive with your time for the most of that that time. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So <laughs> this is, okay, shameless plug because we want to know... <laughs> I'm giggling because I think this is funny. We want to know how you landed this job because you are amazing. You're so talented. And I also know you're a listener of the show, which brings me great joy. So I want to know, tell me about what you did. You came home that day. I'm just picturing this. You came home that day. You're like, I've had enough. I need to get out. You see the job on LinkedIn and you have built your business and it's been doing really well but you've got one year experience and the job ad says five years experience, which is a pretty daunting thing. And you decide to apply anyway. Tell us about that process in terms of like how you navigated it with your confidence and with applying for the role. (laughs) Yeah. So I was thinking about this because I think back and I just think, why did I apply? Like they, they wanted somebody with five years. Like I must've been so just Um, people would think like cocky or something, but really it was actually out of a place of desperation. Like why not put your hat in the ring? And you're right. I am a long time listener, first time podcast guest. (laughs) And I listen to all of your podcasts and I know that you constantly just talk about, well, why not? Like, why not just go for it? So I did. I just I put my resume together. I listened to the podcast on, I went back and listened to all the interview ones and I was like, okay, if it gets to an interview, I, I hope I can just do it. And and it did. Then, yeah, so I, I'm actually not sure what tipped them over the edge to get me. I wonder if it was the 10 years in radiation therapy because they are a very evidence-based background site. So a part of me thought I've wasted 10 years of my life in this career, but then once landing this job, I, I really realized actually this has helped me so much in my career skills and I can use this in my everyday life now. Totally. And do not be modest or you might be modest, but I won't be modest for you because (laughs) you are so bloody hardworking and super talented and you're business as a naturopath and you're obviously in your role now as well. So you're doing two things at the same time is amazing. We're going to give it a plug later because everyone needs to jump on and and get online and have a look because you are so freaking talented. I love though the thing of why not, like just that question. And and there's so much in those moments where 
you know, we might feel that sense of desperation, but it's also the confidence to go, you know what, I don't necessarily have all the things that they've asked for on that selection criteria. And five years seems pretty daunting, but you're such a good case study, Gabs, that you might not have all the experience, but that doesn't mean you can't do the job. Like you can absolutely crush that job. Yeah. The thing that really pushed me to actually apply for the job as well is that I read through the selection criteria and I thought, you know what, I, I could do all these things. I may not have five years experience in them, but I know myself that I would be able to, to apply myself and really work hard to do these things well. So yeah, that's something else that I thought, okay, I'm good, just going to look at what the job entails. And I did a huge deep dive into what the company was. And I thought, yes, I want to work for this company. So the other, I don't know if you want to hear this, but the other barrier, I guess, is that it was in Sydney and I'm in Newcastle and I didn't know how to overcome that challenge. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to ignore that little detail for the moment. (laughs) And that's awesome. I love that strategy. Yeah. I'm so glad I did because once I got the job, they said, you know what, it's remote. You can work from home. Um, You can come in every now and then whenever you want. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm so glad that I just, I guess, took that leap and jump to actually just apply for the role and and figure out the tiny details later on. And dare I say, if you had applied for this role, ignoring the location, ignoring somewhat the, the, the I guess, level of experience or the t- years of experience, not even level of experience, but the years of experience that they were requesting, if you had applied and it had not worked out like this, I know for certain you would have still got another job there would have been another job ad, you would have applied to that or you would have, through your connections, secured another role. And so while this sounds like quite, you know, the perfect story and there may be people thinking that's a once, you know, one in a hundred, that's not going to happen to me. I'd really encourage people not to think about the outcome so much as they're listening to Gabby, but more so think about the fact that she just took the plunge and she asked why not. And there, that is what has landed you here. And if it wasn't this opportunity, it would have been a different one. Yeah, there's so much in this story that we can take away. And I love what you're saying, Em. It's really about that process. This career change is not a decision or a moment in time. It's a process. So think about it as a, you know, it could be three, four year journey for, for you if you're wanting to make a career change right now. And I love, I'm even thinking about what that employ what that employer must have been thinking when you applied because it, I know from our conversations offline that it has there was a lot of applicants for this role it was highly competitive and naturopathy as an industry is highly competitive so I want to call that out that you obviously really stood out in your application and in the interview and I think about that employer looking at you Gabs and going okay well what do we know about her we know that she's worked really hard over 10 years she's worked and studied at the same time. She's also built the business on the side. And so they can see the the makings of the behavior they want. So it's not about, often for the recruiter, they're not looking at, do you tick all the boxes? They're looking for the behaviors. What is the behavior? Does this person demonstrate initiative? Is this person driven? Are they going to work hard? And I think if you're in this spot where you're wanting to move to a role and you don't have the experience 
Don't write yourself off. Go and look at that and think, how can I show this recruiter that I have the ability to learn and grow? I might not tick all those boxes, but I am a learner and I'm driven and I have what it takes in that way. Do you think that resonates for you, Gabs? Oh, definitely so much. I was just going, yes, yes, yes. Because it is really about that. It's it's sometimes just not about what you know. I, I actually thought going into the interview, she'd ask me all these technical questions, but it wasn't. It was really about, you know, what you were saying, like how you are as a person and getting to know maybe my personality or, or what or my um, strengths and habits, I guess. So I, I definitely agree with you that it's not all about sometimes the technicalities of it. It's about your habits and your skills, if that's the right word. Yeah. Gab, to round us out, we absolutely, without a doubt, have listeners out there right now who are mulling over the potential for a career change. What would your advice be to them? My advice would be, first of all, like I said before, is definitely dip your toe in the water and do some work experience. Make sure that that is the career that you want to go into. And then also start making steps today towards that career because there's never going to be the right time. Um, And if you have to ask your employer to reduce one day, I would say go for it because you just have to start somewhere. And if you look down the track in one year and go, oh, I could have started a year ago, you know, you would be one year ahead in your study or in that move towards another career. So I'd just say start today. (laughs) That is amazing. What a beautiful place to finish this discussion. Now, Gabby, we want to let people know how to get in touch with you. Where do they find you if they want to ask you any questions about your story, but also, you know, if they need a good naturopath? (laughs) You can find me. My business is called Althea Natural Health and you can find me on Instagram or on my website, both named uh, Althea Natural Health. Awesome. And we'll have that in the show notes so you can find Gabby there. Hey, Thank you. I love, I just, I know your story, but hearing you tell it in this way is so powerful and I'm just really grateful for your time. Yeah. You're definitely have a, having a proud friend and, and sister-in-law <laughs> moment over here. I'm feeling it. Totally. So, Gabby, thank you for sharing so openly. I can only echo what Shell has said and we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I, I loved it. Awesome. Hey, well, as always, if you enjoy the show, Give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. It really helps us get the word out there and Em and I love positive feedback. So thank you for that. And make sure you share it with a friend. If you know a friend who is looking to make a career change, send it to them now. Don't wait. You're going to help them out and you're going to help fast track their career change. Totally. They can listen to this while they're driving to the job that they're not enjoying (laughs) and be inspired. Exactly. I love that. Great thought. All right. Hey, thanks for hanging out. See ya. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, 
and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.